From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Hi there, I'm Graham VK4BB and this is the WIA National News Service for week commencing April 21. Now, although it is the national news, the first item is certainly of interest to VK2 in particular, but for the rest of us, I think we can... As they say, listen and learn. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. For all New South Wales amateurs waiting to hear what the New South Wales Planning Department is doing about including provisions for amateur radio masts and antennas in the planning laws currently being revised, I have some news for you. Last week, I had a discussion with one of our contacts in the department. There's some good news and some not-so-good news. The good news is New South Wales amateurs will get pretty much what we wanted. That is, antennas and masts up to 10 metres height will be an exempt development within residential zones R1 to R5. There will be no need for a development application to your local council or a consent certificate, provided the structure meets a few simple parameters, such as complying with Australian standard AS1170, footings to comply with Australian standard AS3600, and position at a specified setback from the nearest boundary, depending on its height, and so on. We will learn more about the detail later, and we hope there aren't too many devils in that detail. The not-so-good news is you will have to be patient for it to become law. I was informed that, in relation to the planning regulations that affect us, and many other stakeholders as well, the legal branch of the department will be submitting the revisions to the Parliamentary Council, that's C-O-U-N-S-E-L, that's the people who actually draft the legislation, by the end of the second quarter this year, that means June. When the Parliamentary Council completes their work, it will be recommended to the New South Wales Governor, who will make the legislation, bless her soul, which will then be gazetted sometime later this year. But the legislation will not come into effect for another six weeks after that, to allow time for local councils and other organisations to become familiar with it. Maybe, just maybe, we will have a Christmas present, Our contact in the planning department told me that they had enjoyed the input from the, in inverted commas, amateur communications lobby. However, he did say that it would not be productive for you all to continue writing. Further letters to the department, the New South Wales Minister for Planning, or your local member, even just thank you letters, would only necessitate them taking time out to write replies, rather than concentrating on the important work of completing the legislation. If you want to write or email your thanks, send them to WIA President Phil Waite, VK2ASD. The Institute will, at the appropriate time, convey everyone's thanks to the Planning Department and the Minister. While I'm on the subject, I must congratulate and thank everyone, individual amateurs and radio clubs alike, who went to the effort of making a submission during all the phases of the planning system review over the past 18 months, and also writing to your local members last year. All the effort has paid off. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the southern suburbs of Adelaide, it can be heard on VK5RAD 2 metre repeater, 147.000, at 9am on Sunday mornings. I'm Morgan, VK5MMM. 
on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. Have you prepared for the last weekend in May, the 2013 WIA AGM and Conference? Your registration fee includes coffee and tea on arrival at registration, the annual general meeting, open forum and technical symposium, morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea. The partner program replaces the Saturday activities with a program tailored for interests other than amateur radio and includes morning tea, lunch and afternoon tea and coach transfers. The 2013 WIA AGM and Conference. It's all about engaging, learning, appreciating, socialising and discovering. You'll find all the information online at the VK6 conference site, conference.vk6.net. Hello, this is Trent VK4TS from the Radio Activities panel of the WIA. The VK Shires is up again this year and it's held on the June long weekend. And that's the weekend prior to the second Monday of June. The contest uh, starts at 0600 UTC Saturday, June the 8th and ends 0600 UTC Sunday, June 9. The contest encourages HF operating restricted to those bands held by a standard licence. 80 through 10 metres, SSB and CW. There are categories for multi-operators and single operators as well as a special category for foundation calls. You can also operate in the contest as a rover swapping between different shires. Overall, it's a fun way to spend the Sunday of the long weekend on the East Coast. Check the WIA website for current rules. This has been Trent, VK4TS. Greetings, everyone, from the President and Board of the WIA. It is a sad indictment of our current society that keys, locks and backward glances are an increasing fact of life in the protection of our property and persons. Some would go further and say that form of protection is only from honest people. Gone are the days when, as a child, I would leave the farm unattended with the rest of my family without qualms to go shopping in the local town two hours' drive away. Not only was the house unattended, but unlocked, doors and windows open, and farm sheds and workshops the same. Home invasion, theft and vandalism are traumatic to the victims in many different ways, which I won't delve into here, and my apologies to those who have suffered such an event if my words have evoked painful memories. My purpose here is to outline basic methods of minimising the risk and trauma of breaking occurring in the first place, and to optimise the probability of recovery or value recovery. The state police, neighbourhood watch groups and insurance companies all provide brochures on improving home security, and the advice contained in them is well worth heeding. Some solutions are cheap and require little effort. Others not so, but may lead to lower insurance premiums. An example of the first is the visibility of your home from passing traffic and pedestrians. Is it clearly visible or obstructed by dense vegetation and high walls or fences? The latter may provide treasured privacy, but it also provides perfect cover for a miscreant performing an illegal entry to your home. As for the second, you may have fitted deadlocks on all doors and pin locks to sliding windows and doors to gain the benefit of lower insurance premium and a feeling of greater security, only to compromise it all by leaving keys in a clearly visible and convenient position for yourself and a thief. Alarms are another option, but response delays by neighbours and others is often an issue given the number of false alarms. Perhaps the easiest thing we can do in these days of digital photography and often the most neglected, is to photograph our equipment with the accessory items and attach them to or embed them in a document along with the serial numbers applicable, the date and place of purchase and any other relevant information. Then, most importantly, 
ensure the listing is covered in your insurance policy, taking care to notify your insurance company of any additions and deletions to your shack. How many of us can honestly say we have not only done that listing in the first instance, but kept it up to date? Also, print a hard copy or two and secure them elsewhere, with one preferably off-site. If your only copy is on your computer, guess where it may end up? Establishing and maintaining a good relationship with your insurance agent can go a long way to minimising the impacts of loss of your ham gear, but unfortunately not the sense of violation. After all, locks are only for honest people. This has been you on VK4ERM for the WIA Board. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. Yes, it is the WIA National News, and I am still growing VK4, Baker Baker. Let's see what's happening around VK. Recently, a mobile radio operator was in an emergency communications exercise deep in a remote Victorian forest. The drama unfolded as Terry Murphy, Victor Kilo 3, Uniform Popper and several others were on a day outing to Mount Disappointment, an hour or so north of Melbourne. They were accompanied by a crew from Four Wheel Drive TV, the program with around half a million loyal weekly viewers across Australia and New Zealand. The TV crew was interviewing the vehicle owners when a trail bike rider arrived to announce that his mate had come off his bike, injured himself and was bleeding profusely. Terry, VK3UP, drove seven kilometres down to the accident site where he and a mate performed first aid. There was no mobile phone coverage at the accident scene, so Terry set up his mobile transceiver on 40 metres. He contacted Andrew Davis, VK2UH of Yass, who made the phone call to emergency services. Paramedics were transported by Terry, VK3UP, in his four-wheel drive vehicle. Hours after the accident, the patient was taken to hospital and it'll be some time before he can start his new job as a plasterer. And still in VK3, the next meeting of the Homebrew Construction Group will be Saturday, May 4 at 2pm in the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms. That's 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. Amateur Radio Magazine columnist and keen microwave enthusiast David Smith, VK3HZ, will give a talk on reverse DC polarity protection as applied to his 10 gigahertz transverter. All are welcome to attend. And the group now has an email address. It's homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. MDRC Hamfest 2013, the Moorabbin and District Amateur Radio Club are pleased to announce the 2013 Hamfest will be Saturday, May 11. Doors opening at 10. And the year's event will be at the Southern Community Centre, Rupert Drive, Mulgrave. The Moorabbin Radio Club's annual Hamfest is proud to be Victoria's biggest with displays and sales of new and pre-loved equipment. Trader table bookings and general inquiries can be made by emailing Graham Lewis, VK3GL, or by telephoning 0418-171601. A must-see, a must-come event, as is Barkfest, the Brisbane Amateur Radio Club's 30th annual Barkfest, being held Saturday, May 11 again at Mount Cravat Showgrounds. That's at Mount Cravat, obviously, and it's 1644. You can't miss it. There is an annual fee of $7 for the biggest ham fest in Queensland, but you'll see new and used radios and electronic goods. Anybody wishing to hire table space should contact the organising committee or go to the BARC website, cwia.org.au and VK4 Clubs for the details.
From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. ICASA Council approves two 5 MHz frequencies for SARL. The ICASA Council has last week approved two 5 MHz frequencies for the South African Radio League to carry out propagation research. This is in response to the SARL's application for two channels to collect information about countrywide propagation conditions on 5 MHz. The SARL applied for access to 5 MHz in 2010, 2011 and again in 2012. The licences are being issued for an eight-month period. At the end of the period, the SARL can apply for an extension. In the application, the SARL told ICASA that while the propagation of signals are fairly well known for high-power broadcasting, there is still quite a lot that can be learned by radio amateurs, especially on inland work away from the coastline. UKQRM launches public-facing website. Anti-man-made interference pressure group UKQRM have launched a new public-facing website to help educate and guide the public on issues of QRM that affect their and our lives. Hot topic at the moment is LED lighting and its ability to destroy Band 2 and Band 3 radio reception. UKQRM is indebted to Peter Metcalf of testing house METECC for allowing the use of their LED investigation report. Check out and share the URL with friends, family, work colleagues and anyone you chat to at ukqrm.org.uk. Hamvention rescinds radio amateur of the award to Delta Lieber 1, Bravo Delta Fox. The Dayton Amateur Radio Association, sponsor of the annual Dayton Hamvention, has withdrawn its 2013 Radio Amateur of the Year Award. Amateur Radio Newsline Stephen Kinford, November 8 Whiskey Bravo, has what's known so far. In early March, the Dayton Hamvention Awards Committee announced that it had selected Captain Mustafa Landolsi, DL1BDF, as its choice for the 2013 Radio Amateur of the Year. But on April 4th, the Hamvention announced that Len Dulce would not be getting the award after all. In fact, this year, nobody will. The announcement of the decision to rescind the award came in a posting to the Hamvention website and also distributed on the Hamvention's Yahoo Group's remailer. Both said, and we quote, We have received conflicting information from credible sources regarding the accuracy of the winning nomination. The general chairman of Hamvention this year, Charles Kaiser, received these reports and followed up to verify their accuracy. Unfortunately, this changes the way we score for the Amateur of the Year award, and since the competition was close with other nominees, the outcome would have been different. Based on all this research, the decision has been made by the Hamvention general chairman not to award the Amateur of the Year for 2013. Captain Landolzi is a retired Lufthansa airline pilot. He has been named recipient of the award for his ongoing work in promoting and developing amateur radio in the Middle East and for organizing delivery of emergency medical equipment and medication to countries in Africa. There was no indication from the Hamvention or its awards committee as to the nature of the conflicting information or any additional details regarding this action. In reply to our request for comment on this situation, Captain Lindolsi responded in part that is not the award cancellation that make him sad. He notes that he already has a number of awards, but that collecting awards has not been his goal in life. Rather, giving to others and helping everyone he can is what his life is all about. 
DL1BDF added that he will have a more in-depth statement for release shortly. It should be noted that the decision for the Hamvention to rescind the Radio Amateur of the Year Award will have no impact on this year's Technical Achievement, Special Achievement, and Radio Club of the Year recipients. These three awards will be presented as originally announced. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio. The FCC has issued a notice of unlicensed operation of an audiovisual transmitter used in the home of a Southern California resident. This after receiving a complaint from NASA that it was receiving interference to a telemetry receive site from radio transmission centering on 2390 MHz. In its March 26th release, the FCC said that its investigators from the Los Angeles office used direction finding to locate the interfering device at the home of Julius Magos in the city of Mojave, California. That's not far from the NASA receive site. The FCC says that when the power was disconnected from the transmitter, the interference to the NASA telemetry operations ceased. Now, in issuing Magos the notice of unlicensed operation, the FCC says that its records show that no license was issued for operation of a transmitter on 2390 MHz from his home location. As such, operation of the device must cease immediately. Magos was also warned that operation of radio transmitting equipment without a valid FCC authorization constitutes a violation of the federal laws and could subject the operator to severe penalties. These include, but are not limited to, a substantial monetary forfeiture, seizure of the offending radio equipment, and criminal sanctions, including imprisonment. Magos was also told that the FCC will determine what, if any, further enforcement action is required to ensure his compliance with the agency's rules. The latest Region 1 IARU monitoring system newsletter reports a Russian over-the-horizon radar has been transmitting between 3.555 to 3.590 and 3750 to 3.785 MHz. The signal is always 35 kHz wide, with its location believed to be in the area of Makhachalka in the Caspian Sea. A letter has been sent to the Russian Radio Society asking for assistance in ending the operation of this radar system. An Iran-based over-the-horizon radar has been interfering with amateur radio operations in the 10-metre band. This radar is on the air daily on 28.0000 to 29.700 MHz, transmitting bursts that are 60 kHz wide. The splatter from the signal often covers the spectrum 500 kHz or more in bandwidth. The German Department of Post and Telecommunications has sent an official complaint to its counterpart in Iran. The Dutch data well boys are still operating illegally on 10 metres, who happen across signals in the amateur radio bands that you know do not belong there. Please send a report to the Intruder Watch coordinator for the nation you live in. See www.iaru-r-figure1.org for more information. The Northern California DX Foundation has announced a grant of $50,000 to the upcoming FT-Z Amsterdam Island de-expedition, currently planned for January and February of 2014. This is the second largest grant in the history of the Northern California DX Foundation history. Amsterdam is number four on the DX Magazine's most wanted list of rare DX locations for 2013. A journalist association in Guinea says two privately owned radio stations have been attacked as political tensions rise before Guinea's legislative elections on May 12th. The Union of Free Radio and Television of Guinea says Renaissance FM and The Planet FM were both shot at when Faya Milamo, who is the leader of the opposition liberal bloc, was being interviewed. Also, two civilians and one police officer have been killed in a series of anti-government demonstrations that rocked Guinea's capital in recent weeks. 
And finally this week, the story of some retirement villages that not only approve of ham radio, but they even provide places from where residents can get on the air. Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramovich, NT3V. The Marshalltown, Iowa Times-Republican newspaper reports that 81-year-old Tom Morgan, W4UTK, has use of three operating ham radio stations complete with a 500-watt amplifier in a comfortable ham shack at the Embers Retirement Community. The location and equipment were all made possible by Brad Lee, W0VFT of Phoenix, Arizona. Lee is identified as the CEO of Trilogy Embers. That's the company that owns Embers and a number of other retirement centers in the United States. Embers executive director is Vicki Bogner. She is quoted as saying that Brad Lee picked up interest in short way from his father, whom his QRZ.com page identifies as the late C.W. Lee and the first holder of the W0 VFT call sign. She says Brad Lee began by installing ham shacks for residents in his Phoenix area properties. This after he learned some had been ham operators in their own homes, but had given up the hobby after moving into one of the Embers properties. The full story is on the web at tinyurl.com slash retirement dash ham dash shack. We say this is a great way to support the senior citizens of ham radio who have contributed so much to this nation and to the hobby and the amateur radio service. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Mark Abramovich, NT3V, in Philadelphia. The Times Republican story notes that Marshalltown resident Tom Morgan, W4UTK, has been a ham radio enthusiast much of his life. Also, that he knew he wanted to become an electrical engineer by the time he was age 12. Those stories from the Amateur Radio Newsline and the RSGB. The MP3s you can find on the web at the link on www.rsgb.org. I'm Jeremy Boots, G4NJH, and you're tuned to VK1WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Perth and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1WIA. What use is an F-call? Experimentation is what amateur radio is all about. For some amateurs more than for others. For me, it's an integral part of what makes this hobby exciting for me. It may not be your particular cup of tea, but then amateur radio is different things for different people. As one amateur put it, there are many walks of life represented in the collective known as amateur radio. Back to experimentation. As you may know, I'm part of a team of people that put together the news in Western Australia. Last year, during Hamfest, we put the news to air live, using a bit of kit from here, some kit from there, a bit from everywhere. This year, we're working on making the list a little less broad and making our planning experience a little less hectic. One of the biggest issues we've had was our microphone setup. We've had some handheld microphones that worked pretty well, but from a logistics perspective, we had some issues to deal with. One is that a handheld microphone sort of makes it hard to use both hands, unless you have a microphone stand and a spot to actually put it on the limited table space we have available. So this year we decided that we'd use a headset microphone. You know, the $20 jobs that you plug into your sound card and use with your computer. We have several of these headsets, but plugging them into our mixing desk gave us no sound. Turns out that these headsets have microphones that expect a voltage, so some research was needed to make a box that did just that. 
bit of planning, a few components, some soldering and drilling, and we have those. Now we have working microphones. But now we have a bonus extra sound. We have a 50 hertz hum that just wonderfully punctuates any silence we may care to broadcast. More research indicates that this is likely to be a ground loop, and several suggestions are available on how to fix those. We've tried a few and we're working through the options, but handheld microphones are looking pretty good right now, if you get my drift. My point is this, finding problems and solving them is what this hobby is all about. We do it with antennas, we do it with power, and at the moment I'm doing it with ground loops in my audio output. All this learning that I can apply in other aspects of my life. I can walk around the street and see that someone has installed their TV antenna backwards, or that the CB antenna on their car is unlikely to work efficiently. All this came from learning and experimentation. You may not like to drill and solder, but that doesn't mean you cannot experiment. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Dateline 2013. Holy Land Contest 2013, this week, April 19 and 20. The Day of the Wales will be held 18 and 19 of May. VK Shires, June, long weekend, 0600 hours UTC, Saturday, June 8. Ends 0600 hours UTC, Sunday, June 9. Worldwide International Museums Weekends, June 15 and 16 and 22-23. Special Event Stations, DX and Beacon and Netabice. From the WIA event calendar, we are reminded Table and Radio Group are holding AM and CW on Anzac Day using the old modes as an amateur radio salute to our serving and ex-service people. A lot of amateurs have served in our Defence Forces during all our nation's wars and peacekeeping operations. By all nets, during Anzac Day switching to AMNCW, we'll be using the modes that they had to use and will experience the idiosyncrasies of those modes. This is the third year that this event has taken place and we'll have ex-Navy ships on plus Hampson NQ operating from ex-World War II sites. They are asking all VK Hams to please use these modes and make it a special remembrance for those that served. P29NO-JA2VQP, East Civic Province, Papua New Guinea, on air to January 2015. Whilst volunteer teacher at Divine Word University WEWAC, CWSSB and RITI, RG61PP, celebrating the day of the cosmonaut, 12th of April, and the birthday of Yuri Gagarin, 9th of March 1934, on air now until the 31st of May. Allen, AX5PBZ, will be operating from Tumby Bay RSL Hall from 23.30 hours to 05.30 hours UTC April 25 with ops on 144.4 MHz, 7110 kHz, 14250 kHz, 28155 kHz on AMNCW. Allen will also be monitoring D-Star Reflector 1C. ST2FT Sedan. Mario will be in Khartoum, Sedan until June. He is signing ST2FT. QSL Virus Home Call, CT1FTR. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FU, QNingham. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. From Castledon in North Brisbane, it is transmitted on 7.130 MHz at 2300 UTC Saturdays. I'm Paul, VK4, Bravo Golf Tango. Now to the social scene and special interest group news. 
And in special interest group news, the ILLW reaches a milestone. The honour of being the 200th registration in the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend in August goes to the Whitby Highlight, that's Golf Bravo 2, Whiskey Hotel Lima. The special event station, GB2WHL, organised by the Denby Dale Radio Club, is on the North Yorkshire coast near the historic fishing town of Whitby, well known as the place Captain James Cook became a seaman before leading his epic voyages of discovery. Built in 1858, it helped ships avoid the Whitby Rock close to the harbour entrance. Now there are registrations from 29 countries. Argentina, Australia, Belgium, Canada, Chile, Cuba, Denmark. The list goes on. Read the guidelines for the International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend on August 17-18 and you can go to the website illw.net. Now, on the social scene, looking at April and May. The Redcliffe and Districts Radio Club at Kippering, uh, Kippering Village Road, that's on the 21st of April, will be holding the Microwave Test Tune-Up Day, Spectrum Analyzers, Noise Meters, Signal Generators and Return Loss Measurement. The 21st, and that's thanks to Peter VK4EA from the Brisbane VHF Group and the Redcliffe District Radio Club, as he said, see you there. On May 3 and 5 in VK4 also, the Clearview Amateur Radio Weekends. For details, you can telephone 04 296 328 15. We mentioned these two, and here's a third on the same date, May 11. May 11 in VK3, 4 and 6 are Hamfests, Moorabbin and District Radio Club's Hamfest, Barkfest Mount Gravatt Showgrounds, and Hills Amateur Radio Group there, Hargfest. All culminating May 24-26 in VK6 with the WIA AGM and Conference in Perth. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported... You decide.